I'm becoming a bit anal retentive when it comes to the recording process. I don't know if you've noticed that, but uh, as a producer, I'm, I'm getting into my own, and so I just I want things to be right. So hey, we're gonna start off the right way on the right foot this time. Hey guys, welcome back to the Dull Crans podcast. Uh, you're listening to the Dull Boys. And today, uh, I'm Gabe Zuger, Gabriel Zuger, as always, a noted educator and a master's and, you know, New York State certification recipient. And uh, instead of my usual co-host, Julian Ambler, uh, I have with me a good friend and colleague. This is uh, Tony from the Bronx. Tony, say what up. Hey, what's going on? What's going on? Glad to be here. So Tony, uh, unlike Julian, who is, uh, you know, usually plays my straight guy, he's, uh, or sometimes I'm my wacky guy, whatever he's feeling up to. He's my, uh, you know, he's my dunce cap, right? He's my, he's my, he's my questionnaire, right? He doesn't have any experience in the field. We just play it off. But you, however, have a pretty long-standing relationship with education and working with children. Do you want to just, like, run off a few highlights? You don't have to name names, but just, like, what's your experience like? Sure, yeah, no, I think the reason why we connect so well is because our experience together in our past have been almost linked as the same. Oh. And I taught kindred spirits. Second grade for years. Uh, incredible, incredible age. Uh, you're dealing with... Kids coming in knowing the reading, writing, and math, but yep. needing to learn how to compromise. It's almost <laughs> like watching the real world, but you know, kind of like <laughs> thinking about sevens and eights. You know, it's it's pretty fun. And dealing with twenty two, you know, is definitely fun for sure. That's uh, actually a great thing. I love I love the idea of second grade as a like. Here come twenty five strangers <laughs> that have never lived together, but they're forced to be oh, in the yeah. same classroom. Let's see what happens. Of course, and like the audience, and also the producers, and also the are the teachers, right? Oh, like absolutely. It's, they're they're everything in one. Oh, forget it. When admin comes in, it's kind of like real world road <laughs> rules together, and that challenge comes in. It's the challenge. Yeah, and I become the host, and it's incredible. You know, it's great. So you get pulled into the office and, yeah, you know, you make the wrong move. But right, right, right. Yeah, it's right. fun. Then you get told how you actually failed on the challenge yeah, and you're going to have to reshoot that entire episode. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, second grade for years. I started off as a second grade head teacher and uh, yeah, loved it. And then I made my way up and climbed up and I uh, left that school and I started working in New York City as a third grade teacher. Mm -hmm. I did that for a year while mm -hmm. uh, finishing my master's. Mm -hmm. uh, special ed gen ed and it was a great year third grade you need to have that backbone you know you need to discipline lay the law from day one right. these are kids that are coming in they know exactly what's up and it's a matter of making sure that they do the things that they need to do consistently right uh, third grade was fun it was fun but yeah. then uh, I realized that in order to be a whole well-rounded educator especially in early ed I needed to make that leap down and so I jumped from into the grade, depths. Into the depths. You know, or, or as Walt Clyde the... Frazier would say, the doldrums sometimes. <laughs> into the doldrums. Because some days really are just just cavernous for He's sure. He's going downtown. Oh, yeah. and uh, Shaking and baking. <laughs> Shake and bake a lot. I mean, it really happens in this classroom. But uh, I, made, I made the jump from three to kindergarten. That's a big jump. Yeah, always a big jump. That's and big I had jump. never taught K in my life. I mean, yeah. I run a sports camp over the summer as well, as yeah. you know. Um five to 15 year olds there are some younger than five but yeah that jump from third grade to kindergarten was a big one and we can talk more about it for sure but i mean i went i went in my career from a jump from uh when i was uh in my grad school work uh i was working as a preschool teacher in like 
uh, that year it was uh, twos, threes, and a threes, fours half-day class, Yay. right? Half-day classes. And then my student teaching went right to second grade. Now, that was huge in, like, the reverse way that you're sure. talking about. And I remember going from that and thinking, like, wow, these threes, fours, they're real people. Like, mm -hmm. it's awesome. Like, I've gotten a whole year with them, and I feel them. I understand them. And I went to these second graders, and I was like, you people are all over the fucking place. Yeah. You can't get your lives together. You're all acting like teenagers, yep. which is sad because this was in Brooklyn. And so I feel like a lot of their parents were pretty like indie, hippy sure, dippy. Uh, it was it was a it was a private school, but it was a new and growing private school yeah. on the cheap. And they like you know they were getting something good out of it. But they're letting natural like, selection make it make their choice pretty much totally. <laughs> yeah. And like, but they also they also sort of I felt like fostered this like you know, grow up early, like, mm -hmm. phase, you know, because it was literally in Williamsburg. New York. So oh, yeah. it was a very Williamsburg feel, even in the kids. And it's like, that doesn't make any sense. No. Like, the people who should be exhibiting Williamsburg behaviors are all, like, from my experience, all Manhattan transplants who grew up with us in Manhattan or the Bronx and moved to Williamsburg oh, yeah. and are now in bands or like running clubs, like and who are willing to pay those, those rent hikes. Right, those yeah. are the people that should be like yeah. exhibiting Williamsburg behavior. But like instead, I had like again, I had like seven-year-old kids wearing leather jackets and like mm. acting like they're in an '80s movie, and it's like no. You're still a child, and you mean like no Montclair somewhere jackets? you've forgotten that. <laughs> I wish. Yeah. I wish that would have been great. Yeah. I was actually hoping for like a uh, uh, what is it? Um, members only jacket. Oh, yeah. Like that would have been classic. Yeah, exclusive. Those are exclusive. Yeah. We've seen our share of those. Yeah. For sure. But so yeah, you made this jump in the reverse, right? Yeah. So you went from the high-minded to the uh, barely potty trained. Oh, that's for sure. I mean, I to be honest with you, what I enjoy about it though is that it makes me reflect on my first years of teaching and thinking about those children and who they might have been when they were five or six mm -hmm. because at five six i'm seeing such a range of learners who they're still learning who they are and i think by second grade these children they know who they are more mm -hmm. or less and it's helping them guide themselves into becoming the consistent learners that they are mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's been fun. Uh, kindergarten, you know, it, I never dreamt of ever becoming a kindergarten teacher. I, I love the movie Kindergarten Cop and I was never inspired by Arnold to become a teacher in kindergarten, but I'll be honest with you as a male educator, I love it. I've thought about this a lot now, mind you, you're our first guest ever. So welcome aboard. I mean, welcome I'm, aboard I'm the honored podcast. and flattered to be here, but I have thought about this a lot, especially in recent times that, uh, kindergarten cop is probably going to be the first movie that we review on the podcast it has and to be we're we're going to have you aboard for the kindergarten cop it episode because be. you know i i my my vision is that we definitely do some more reviews i'd love to review just like sort of pedagogical practices mm -hmm. you know across the like you know pop media spectrum sure. and just like the fallacies that exist out there but like my my feeling is and my fear almost is that I'm going to watch Kindergarten Cop again and realize how great Arnold was. Are you kidding And, like, me? Yeah. how he was actually rocking the shit out of that class and, like, doing really, like, pedagogically appropriate, age-appropriate things. Of course. And then being like, oh, my God, the only thing I used to remember about this was, like, the kid throwing up That's scene. Right. 
Or, you know, the penis and vagina. The penis and vagina scene. Yeah, right. that too. You have but, that. But here's, here's the and thing. then you have the twins who say, my oh, dad, course, my dad yeah. is a love machine. <laughs> of course. I mean, it's just a classic movie, but think about this carefully. He came in with no teaching experience. None whatsoever. Saw what kind of mess that room was in. It, I mean, he was dealt a really crappy hand there. Yes. Great kids, you could tell, but just no direction whatsoever. And it's the beginning. It's sort of the beginning of the school year, right? That's my recollection. It like, is yeah, it's yeah, like it seems... it's like a November yes. November feel. Yeah. Edge of the city, seem more they, suburban. You know, they sure. know they know their classroom, they yep. know their cubbies, but and, and like certain expectations, but very little else. Absolutely, it looked like a very good, diverse group of kids that were there for sure. Yeah. Um, but he came in and he realized if he and I, I love using this phrase. You've heard me use it thousands of mm-hmm. times. He needed to set the tone. Right. And you could tell they were walking all over him. He had no clue what to do. And then, true Arnold fashion, he set the tone. Right. He let loose. He gave a little bit of a yell. Now, we're not yellers in our classroom. We Mm -hmm. know that. Mm -hmm. We'll be the type to sit and wait until a child notices that we're waiting. And then it triggers that domino effect in which the others go, oh, no, so-and-so is waiting. Right. With Arnold, he kind of... Did it in a way where it was the old school way when he, he let loose and he, he really gave it to him. Right. Enough! Right. Remember that part? Right. Enough! Yes, when he goes enough. Yeah. Yes. But it, it That's probably the first meme that ever actually existed. I mean, like pre-internet. Like probably, everybody knew the enough. Like do you remember do you remember growing up, uh, there was this thing before the the internet really blew up, before we had memes or anything like that, there was this program that you could get online. Where you could use Arnold's voice. I was on just the about phone. to say the sound bo- the, the soundboards. Sa- soundboards. Thank I was you. just thinking that Newgrounds.com used Newgrounds. to have the sound- had the soundboards. Shout out so to they- New- Newgrounds. Shout out to Newgrounds. Really? Right? Yeah. So they had the Arnold soundboard where yeah. you could you could select from different, you know, things that Arnold had said yeah. in movies, you know, oh, be yeah. it be it kindergarten cop or commando oh, yeah. or, you know, true lies or whatever the fuck. And he would just say anything you want him to. You could have a conversation with your friends. Or you can called, call the pizza shop. Or you call the pizza shop. The right. pizza. There's was, that viral YouTube video of calling a pizza shop. This was the other classic was yeah. calling right, calling anybody you yeah. want and and just using Arnold's voice. Love and it. right, enough was a part of that. Like oh, all of these things. Now there was another one, I don't know if you ever used this one, but my friends certainly in middle school and high school were all about this, which was I can't remember what it's called, but maybe you'll remember it was a free service provided to the blind. I do remember. Oh, okay. We use this, and, yeah. Right, and you could the the service was you could type oh, messages no. into IP. Was it I? Uh, uh, it's I something. Yeah, Think yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You could type messages into basically an instant messenger, and what would happen was an operator would take would, your messages would call, right? and call the person you were trying to communicate yes. with. So it's for the blind and deaf, basically, yes. and they would they would call the person or the blind and mute. I don't know how it worked. They would call the person and they would read out exactly what you said. And then as the as the person on the other end of the line would talk to the operator, the operator would type back, back to you what they said. And my friends thought this was the funniest thing in the world. I was I was always the bashful one who wasn't like willing to do the typing myself, but they would call me and type me using this program and they would type the filthiest shit of because course. they thought it was hysterical yep. that an operator was reading out to me that like, you know, they're they're, they wanted to make fart burgers of and make course. me eat them. Oh, you're saying a nice one. Like, I'm nice saying one. a really nice one. I'm keeping it super clean. Yeah, but really. yeah, no, they of wanted course. to drop every bomb on of the planet and, and like basically make this poor woman or man like quit their job or basically say like, 
fuck it. I'm not fucking saying yeah. that, you stupid 13-year-old I always waited for that shit. moment. Right, that moment where they're like, you're not blind, you're of not course. deaf, you're, you're not mute, this. you're yeah. just abusing yeah. this, but you, and you I You know quit. they had that in cars now. What's it's, that? It's, it's all about the hands-free, right? Okay. So let's say you were driving in your vehicle, and I texted you a message. You could play the message, and it will read it out loud to you. So right. I can read you the, the filthiest, dirtiest message, and even though it's not a live operator, that's a big difference there. It's not a live operator. Right. I could still send you the dirtiest message right. ever. I mean, I've, right. I'm guilty. I've done it to my mom and her new vehicle. I We have to christen the vehicle by sending the most ridiculous message to her and surprising her while she's on the road. Probably not the most safe thing to do, but it, it's the idea of technology and you know not to veer towards you know the classroom again, but there's also the idea of technology. When I first started in a classroom in second grade, I had a smart board. I used to show videos. We used to do uh, virtual museums, and I used to show the kids videos of animals and animal of the day. And we would, you know, we studied the rivers. We studied um, Bodies River, and we studied different animals that, that lived in the river, specifically Hudson River, closest to us. And so I would look up animals. I would have them ask me what animal uh, lives in Hudson. We'd look it up together mm-hmm. and watch videos. But mm-hmm. my point, get back to technology, is that nowadays, especially when you're talking about your Williamsburg-esque hipster yeah. kids, yeah. Think about the power technology has and how easily it is for them to access it and make them grow up even faster. Yeah. I mean, we have kids nowadays who are six, seven years old who want, you know, they want their own YouTube channels. Right. And they want to become viral stars right away. Right. I mean, I started back in 2009, 2010, I, and I, it was never like that. I've, I've seen fucking motivational posters in, in the past 24 hours that are about like, you know, I started a nonprofit at the age of five, and now I'm 11, and I've fed 20,000 people. And I'm I'm looking at it, and I know the thing that I'm supposed to think is, God, that's inspiring. But instead, all I thought was, one, you didn't start shit at five. Your parents helped you the same way that parents go selling Girl Scout cookies for their children. Absolutely. Right? So, like... You didn't do the, like, when we're adults and we do things, when we start a podcast, we literally start a podcast. My father yeah. isn't holding my hand and telling me what to do. You know, Google is to You're some extent. You're going to trip and fall on your own. But I'm going to trip and yeah. fall on my own. Exactly. Absolutely. And I'm going to record badly and I'm going to throw away that recording. Whatever. Absolutely. But so, yeah. So I'm cynical in that way. But then the other thing I'm thinking is, yeah, you're five and you started a nonprofit to feed people. Where was your childhood? Well, like, and that's where was your childhood? Absolutely. Why were why was somebody even talking to you about these things at five? I'm not saying that children shouldn't be woke and shouldn't be no. conscious, but they absolutely should not be thinking about the the dead in Syria. Yeah. And or like you know inequality on other sides of the planet, or even about like gun violence at home. Yeah. Like this is not a thing that they should be present for, and. People have this expectation now, and it's it's a very strange one because I never want to get into the habit of bashing parents outright. And you'll you'll sure. respect and understand where I'm going with this because I know we've certainly talked about this, and you'll feel similarly. Like we're in an age where parents doubt themselves more than ever, yes. right? Yes. And that's a hundred percent we know due to the internet. Oh like, yeah, absolutely. It's nothing else, right? Well, we've always said they have a fear of the word no. They have a fear of the word it's that no. That battle, you know, picking and choosing. They ones, absolutely but, have a fear yeah, of the right, word no. You're right. But like, but their parents, right? Think about like, uh, so when we're talking about generations, right? We're Ooh, thinking about think about the baby boomers, mm-hmm. right? The baby boomers are our parents, of right? And they they what they learned about parenting came from their own experiences absolutely. being raised, 
and came from talking to their parents or talking to friends about parenting or reading books about parenting or yep. whatever. And that was where it came from. And there was there was only a finite amount of information about parenting. Yes. So there wasn't really a doubt. And there was also instinct. And what we yeah. what we know about there's today... There's a lot of learning on the fly. There's a lot of learning on the fly. But what we know about today is that common sense isn't so common anymore. And a big part of why that <laughs> especially is... Especially in New York, yeah. Especially in New York. And a big part of why that is is the internet, right? Because yes. we... Instead of needing common sense, instead of knowing that you can check the weather by putting your head out the window, you'd rather ask Alexa or Siri. Absolutely. And that's uncommon sense, and it doesn't make any sense. Sure. And so these things and, and Yahoo Answers and yeah. you know blog posts about parenting have really driven parents crazy because they they can you can find the answer that you're looking for right the internet's only good for one thing it's only finding the answer that yes. you're looking for you're right and if you don't find the answer you're looking for you keep looking you keep looking well i here, do it here's a perfect example last night i was watching with my fiance a show that she enjoys and she's got me into it kids baking competition or championship in this show it's 12 children bakers 10 11 12 years old one child in particular mentioned that he learned how to bake via YouTube. No inspiration from family, no friends, no teachers, mentors. He loved dessert, and so he decided, I'm going to YouTube how to bake desserts. And he learned, and to be honest with you, he was in the top three on the very first episode. And all he mentioned was, I learned how to bake via YouTube. So for me, gone are the days of reading the instructions to a Lego masterpiece and, and being able to take something that you bought and think about how to build build it, you know, whether it's furniture or whatever. And now it's about looking online to see how it already has been done and how you can recreate it in some way. Right. And it, it's, it's sad. In my opinion, it's sad. As an educator, it's sad. Um, what I don't like about it is that it, for me, and you know me, I'm a very progressive educator with the traditional elements. I'm all about how can you present your best self? I've always said that to you. Mm -hmm. You know, the reading, writing, math, that's all going to come. It's all going to develop. Every child develops at a different rate, different age. But how can you present your best self? And mm -hmm. I often feel that children are influenced so easily, especially given the fact that technology is now a part of it. So they're witnessing 10-year-olds, if I'm teaching 5-year-olds, children that are double their age doing things that they're now inspired to do and they've lost like you said their childhood they've now lost half a decade of living life because they want to do things that much older children are doing that things that were never done when we were 10 11 years old right. they were done maybe when we were 18 right and so you know it goes back to like you said the parenting it goes back to that battle of the word no and the fear of the word no it goes back to structure and family structure who's involved there's a lot that goes into play you know and the other thing that comes up for me when you say when you're talking about this child who's who's learning to bake from uh from youtube yeah is you you like to cook Tony, yeah. don't love, you i love cooking where did you learn to cook from i originally was inspired from my nana that's my mom's mom oh see i was gonna say your nona it's nona. not your nona no that's 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 one of my students that's what she calls her oh. grandmother's nona. okay i called her nana so growing up, unfortunately, she passed when I was young, but I was able to witness a little bit of what life was like as an Italian mother. For my case, she was my grandmother. And it was all about the kitchen. It was all about 
getting all of the components of what would bring smiles to someone's face after just putting the slightest bit of lasagna or a meatball in your mouth. And, you know, Tony from the Bronx, we call sauce gravy. We oh, you got the gravy. Sauce. We call yeah, it gravy. you got the red gravy. But uh, the idea always has been that that's something that should stay in the family. And you know me, I'm a very, I have a very small family structure. It's mom, dad, and me. And, uh, you know, mom and dad, they like to cook. But in my opinion, Nana didn't pass it down to them. Yeah. I received it. Yeah. And, you know, with New York City kitchens, I don't get to cook as much as I would like to, as right. often as I'd like to. Right. But the def- uh, there's definitely an interest there for sure. And so I, I think that I try to do that in my classroom as much as possible because, right. you know me, I love to DJ. I love mixing songs in different genres. The same goes for food and being right. able to create and trying it out. And like you said, with podcasting, sometimes you have to trip and fall to learn how to best do it. The same thing goes for cooking. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I've been podcasting for thousands of hours now, and I have thousands of followers. I'll I mean, have to talk like, to your co-host. We'll yeah, see. you're yeah. going to have to talk to Julian yeah. about that. I, I do want to also mention while we're on this topic Please. that Julian Julian is not gone, folks. That is not the case. Uh, I don't want you to think that Julian has I been I can replaced. never replace him. Are you kidding me? He's irreplaceable. Uh, Great Deontay song. In fact, Julian is actually uh, he's he's out there right now advocating for uh the dull crayons he's in court today uh, hard to believe i know this beautiful day outside um, huh i know and it, it's a it's a fucking bomb cyclone day bomb to cyclone. be out there but he's in court because apparently he's defending us in a in a court case there's been a study that has shown that listening to dull crayons extends your life now obviously this would be a positive wow. thing right that a study came out that listening to our podcast extends your life however it also shows that side effects include irritability, uh, telling it like it is, and uncontrollable giggles. Um, and it goes on to say that if you have recently had a stroke, heart attack, or are otherwise close to death, that you should seek a physician's approval before listening to Dulcran. So we wanted wow. to have that removed wow. because, you know, obviously we don't want that associated with our brand. Absolutely. Uh, we feel like this is a, a defamation of our character and, and really not something that we want to promote. So Julian is out there fighting this good fight for us right now. Fight and that's on, the only kid. reason he fight couldn't on. be here today. Uh, we wish him the best. Absolutely. And uh, that's our guy out there. Um, in a moment, we are going to come back with the snack report. Uh, we are going to come back and talk a little bit more about uh, kids and entrepreneurship of children. And we're also going to talk about safety. So stick with us, and we will be right back. All right, we are back from the break with the snack report. This oh, is, yeah. again, Gabriel Zuger along with Tony from the Bronx. Tony's hungry. Longtime colleague. Tony's He's hungry. ready to eat. So, Tony, for you today, I have, uh, I have two options. Now, okay. you have not seen these options before. Not. So I'm going to ask that you not read them aloud got it. until you make a choice because I want, the, oh. I want whichever one Julian picks next episode Woo. to be a complete surprise. All right. Uh, they are both cereals, I will say. Uh, one happens to be Kellogg a strong brands. passion of mine. Mm. So I'm actually going to go with the one that's not the strong okay, passion Okay, so he's of leaning mine. away from his strength. Like that's what I didn't choose is it happens to be my favorite of all time. The combination. You know, I appreciate that because you, you understand that as a flavor profile, you would have been biased to it. We want to have an unbiased opinion on the snack profile. And also I'm really glad that you chose this one. You didn't want this, did you? 
Well, I I wanted this one for you for a specific reason. So I, I'd like you to read aloud the title of this snack for everybody, right. and I'll talk to it. Let me uh, let me clear the throat for this one because it's <clears> a classic <throat> that's been you know remixed. Here we go. <clears throat> Captain Crunches sprinkled donut crunch. It happens to be naturally and artificially flavored. Sprinkled donut crunch. So I'm gonna pose this to you because I have my own theory as yeah. to. Now, Captain Crunch is a classic brand. They know what they're doing. They got the Captain. They got right. They got the Captain Crunch. They got the Crunch Berries. They got I the Captain with the berries, and then they got the Berries Solo. They know what they're doing. They know what they're Listen, doing. They're mixing corn why? and oat together and making it delicious. My question to you is, why would Captain choose this model, the sprinkled donut? They've never done O's before. They're in Cheerio form. They've never done this. Why sprinkled, do you think they would do yeah, this? Sprinkled donut. You know. Just describing the box real quick. Sure, go for it. We got Captain. Yep. Inside a what appears to be some sort of vanilla frosted. It's a very white frosted donut with these rainbow dot sprinkles. So you're not talking about the typical, you know, cylinder esque sprinkles, but the rainbow dotted sprinkles. Uh, He's definitely making it rain. Rainbow sprinkles. I mean, it looks uh, it looks like he's actually blowing cocaine out yeah. of his hand onto these. Uh, I mean, little chocaine on the on the Cheerios. Given the eyeballs, I mean, it definitely has the look for sure. He's got the googly eyes. And, and you're, of a you you nailed it user. though with the whole Cheerios bit because if you had covered the whole Cat and Crunch logo, the picture of him with the donut, you'd never know the top the, the the actual title. If you covered it, and I just saw the picture of what it is. I would have said it's some sort of remix of Cheerios. It's a new Cheerio. It's Maybe the bootleg version of Cheerios that you find in the aisle, but those usually come in plastic bags. This is this is a real legit box. What you're hearing is the box. I'm, I'm going to be remiss if I don't yeah, please, ask please. because I do have Tony from the Bronx here. Tony from the Bronx, baby. You've eaten cereal from the bag. Uh, you know what? I definitely have. I mean, I grew up on quarter water. I... And quarter water, quarter water back Whoa. in the day. Quarter water, are you kidding me? And you hear that? You hear I was saying it because I know, yep, I know, I that. know my friends who will be listening to I this from not that. from New York. He can say quarter that. water, quarter water. Yeah, uh, I grew up in quarter water for sure. Or, or what we would call them, you know, ball busters. Oh, right? ball, ball. The, are you kidding yeah, me? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. The, listen, the specialty Nut was busters. the Mr. Softy that used to drive by the baseball. Shout out to Kingsbridge Little League, two thirty third and Bailey. Here we go. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I- I'm looking forward to the sprinkled donut crunch. I am. I mean, I'm glad my sugar intake levels today were very low, given the fact that it's been, what is this What is this called again? The bomb, the bomb what? Oh, the bomb cyclone. Bomb cyclone. No, you're in the bomb cyclone. Yeah, the polar vortex you're, following you're, and stuff. You're it's... in the crayon box, in the Woo! bomb cyclone, with the cr- with the dull boys can I, right can I just Can I just, before I dive into this, Yeah. can I also just expose Gabriel Zuger real quick? Expose away. What is that green liquid you're drinking? Oh, this is my this is my diet dew, right? Diet here. dew. So we have some diet sprinkled dew. donut crunch <laughs> and diet dew. So for all those out there listening, we're giving you a big do not try this at home. Listen, if you're if you're if you're also gonna go ahead and just like just just blow up my my, my beverage yeah. spot, yeah. I mean I I'd I'd be remiss then if I didn't mention that we're drinking the Macallan twelve at pretty the good. same time. It's pretty this good. Is a, a classic of Tony's collection. It is. Uh, it is. 
He enjoys the McAllens, enjoy the, the McAllen. 10, the 12, the 15, yeah. you know, whatever. You can Harvey Specter on. on suits makes it look real good. The 12 is pretty good. I mean, we I think we agreed that the 10, we like the 10. You know, I'm, I'm glad you brought up Harvey because we're going to bring up Harvey later on. Oh, man. We've got a Harvey hot take I for you later I withdrawal from Harvey. I feel like I miss him and Mike. I don't know. We're going to get there. Don't even talk about Please. it yet. Open up this box. So my theory while, while Tony is opening up this box, my theory on why the Cap'n has gone this way. Hey, it's expired. Is... Shit. I'm joking. Shit. It's, this 20, it's 2018. It definitely was expired in 2017. This is a Who bodega knows? purchase. I feel at home. Thank you. He knows it. Um, my theory is that there is this big push in in children, right? And like that's what sugary cereals are based on, right? We know that the commercialization is for children, but there's this big push lately in children in general in donuts. Now, I don't know where this came from. I feel like it's a combative thing about against muffins, or uh, sorry, against cupcakes, right? Because cupcakes yeah. were the thing for a while, but now we see donuts a lot. Tell me, the number of leggings slash backpacks Woo. that you see that are donut-themed, yeah. tell me it's yeah. under 50% of uh, your students. I mean, it's not. It's not, and you know what? Really, we talked about technology earlier, right? Yeah. That donut emoji. The, this is this is what I'm talking about. It's all about the emojis. The donut emojis. Whether it's fucking there, poop emoji or yeah, donut emoji. It's, it's, if you have an emoji, there. children are buying it. I mean, listen, I can tell you now, donuts, delicious. Uh, however, when you put them up to a delicious cupcake, you know, that, that could be up for something for you guys, you and Julian, to discuss in the future, but... I agree with you. Donuts have started making their trend back up now. And we, we, we have the Sprinkle Donut Crunch. I've laid out four individual donuts out here on this table here. Yeah. Now, is the idea for me to eat all of them and you don't try any of this? How oh, I'm going to try them. We're okay, going to so, so try I, them. We're going to talk to what I've we think is. I've given you two and I'm, yeah. I'm having two. I think that's And fair. you should pop them both. Yeah. Pop them both at once. Here we go. There's that crunch. Okay. So I am getting... Mm. I'm getting real notes of Cap'n Crunch right off the bat. Right off the bat, right? Okay. It has, while it's a different form, right? It's it's an O instead of the pillow form of, yeah. the, of the Cap'n with the Crunch. With the ridges, with the ridges. With the ridges. I'm getting a definite Cap'n Crunch taste. There is something else. Uh, there's, there's a little bit of an extra pop. Yeah. I'm not sure what it is. It's not sweetness. It's not fruitiness it's a little bit too much vanilla extract i would say i like that because there's an aftertaste too Hashtag i don't know if you've gotten to that championship yeah. i don't know if you've gotten to the there, aftertaste. Yeah, I've had the aftertaste. it's lingering yeah i'm gonna be honest with you immediate impression first second after biting it the sprinkles remind me of the cap crunch berries that have been broken up into little holy shit dots holy shit that have been put onto the cheerio-esque Captain crunches this is a hot take that's that's how I feel. They, I feel like they basically made the crunch berries into little sprinkles, little ball esque sprinkles. Tony from the Bronx, hot take: They are not reinventing Cap and Crunch. Instead, they're taking the exact same tropes that they've used all this time and simply presenting them in a different format. Interesting. I'm gonna try again. Think about that. The sprinkles, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but that sprinkle taste has that crunch berry taste. You know what? I'm not, you know, for me, I'm not familiar enough with the crunch berry. Okay. I, I can, I think that I recognize what you're saying. Were you, were you a Kashi eater? 
No, I was not a Kashi what, eater. What What did you like growing up as far as cereals? Because th- this is a whole, whole different topic so that we're going to be judged upon. So my, my go-to cereal yeah. as a child sure. uh, of any age, yep. and, and to this day, if I can have it, I am good to go, Frosted Mini Wheats. Wow. I love the Frosted Mini Wheat. Wow. For me, the versatility of the Frosted Mini Wheat is essential because... I not only like it as a bowl of cereal, I'm not a big dairy fan, so yeah, like yeah. I'll eat it as a bowl of cereal sure. and I'll enjoy it, but what I almost like even more is to take a nice big frosted mini wheat. Don't tell me you eat it dry. No, I dunk it in some peanut butter. <gasps> and I get a peanut butter scoop Ooh. onto a frosted mini wheat. I almost use the frosted mini wheat as a cracker. Oh, wow. And I've never tried it's that. Phenomenal. I've never tried that. Because dry mini wheat. No, no, no! Is, you can't eat it dry. Yeah, that's yeah. But then the other thing about the that, frosted that mini hurt. wheats, the other thing about the frosted mini wheats that always attracted me was that the dust at the very bottom. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That crack yeah. cocaine yeah, sugar dust at the very bottom is better than any dust I've ever had. Yeah. Cue the sound bit of uh, Dave Chappelle. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know basketball. Yeah. <laughs> I smoke rocks. You know that bit right there. Yeah, I mean it's perfect. I smoke rocks, children. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, come on. That, you know, it doesn't get much better than that. I respect the mini wheat choice. I okay, really do. thank you. I liked it. It definitely was probably like alternative, like one B for me. Okay. Um, What's one A? You're gonna judge. Me. You're gonna judge me. You're gonna judge me. I grew up. No judge. This is a judgment free zone. Bullshit. You're in. You're in the Planet Fitness right now. Bullshit. Judgment free. <laughs> yeah. Um, as I sit here judging his Mountain Dew. It's a fucking here. safe zone. Uh, what is that? Yellow seven or whatever that was. That we grew up being worried yellow about. Five, yellow, yellow five. five yeah. Yellow five. Oh man. Yo, yellow five. My T levels are Woo! all messed up, folks. There we go. Um, I was a Fruity Pebbles kid. Hey now. I was a Fruity Pebbles kid. I also enjoyed. And a lot of people talked about it tasting like cardboard, but for some reason it worked for me. Golden Grams. Oh, Golden Grams aren't cardboard. I don't know who was telling that you that. That little jingle. Those Golden Grams. I, I, I was all about it. When when I went to summer camp, uh, breakfast was a challenge. Sure. Right? Sure. Lunch and dinner yeah. are... This is sleepaway camp. Yeah, Lunch yeah. and dinner are golden. Sure. But breakfast was always a challenge. And I, to my to, to this day, I can't even remember what they served. There was a, I, I think there was a lot of like yogurt and berries mm-hmm. and shit. Mm-hmm. But... Every like once in a while, maybe like twice a month, we got Golden Grams. Woo-wee. Golden Grams Day was like fucking blue moon and double rainbow and imagine. unicorn Sunday all in one. I had never had them at home. Yeah. To me, this was a complete oh, so that's revelation. A big deal. That's a big deal. Now, let me ask you a question, and I would appreciate full Let's disclosure go. here. Did you keep a journal? And if so, did you document Golden Gram Day in your journal? I didn't keep a journal. In fact, uh, as my parents will attest, I was a terrible letter writer. Really? To you them at you write camp. so well now. I mean, it's amazing. I do, and I enjoy it. I didn't take camp as an opportunity to mm, write that or was your work time on to, my writing. Yeah. In fact, uh, I, I knew before I went to summer camp that my parents had used with my older brother a, uh, a sort of like questionnaire from time to time. Where they had given him like copies of this questionnaire call that, that would a say summer like camp, summer camp graphic organizer. Seriously, yeah. where it would be like you know circle the blank, right? Like oh, what's been your man. favorite meal so yeah. far? You know meatloaf, spaghetti, blah blah blah, peanut butter and jelly, and then you circle peanut oh, butter and man. jelly or whatever. So I begged them for this. Now he is 
learning disabilities. So I think they were also giving him a, a freebie. Yeah. And they wouldn't give me as it's good many. Scaffold. Good scaffold. It was a great scaffold. They wouldn't give me as many as I wanted. So I came up one summer with the brilliant plan that like I'll do I don't know where I had gotten this from but I, I must have seen a show maybe The Firm or uh, a movie The Firm mm. I don't know I, I got the idea of to use a dictaphone right wow I was gonna use a tape recorder and I was gonna record messages to them and I was gonna really like speak to it almost an early version of the podcast I was just if you about will. to say you were definitely podcasting before podcasting, podcasting was back around. then that's like the original photobomb so I record it wow. and my and my selling point was. I'll buy this thing, yeah. and I'll buy the tapes. You don't even have to buy anything because you guys are still using <laughs> a a tape in your uh, phone messages, oh, right? Yeah. This is pre-voicemail. Oh yeah. Um, so I did that a little bit, um, but again, I wasn't as prolific as maybe they would have wanted to. I mean, you know, how how this is all gonna come back on how me? How long ago was this? Because I'm watching you talk about the whole Golden Graham day. Yeah. And. We've known each other for a few years now, and you know you're this my boy. Is, you know Tony is... from the Bronx. You know he only surrounds himself around people that he knows has his back. And I know La, you have La my back. La familia, if you, you have, will. Yeah, you have my back. You have my back. La cosa nostra. But watching you talk about your first interactions with Golden Grams, I mean, seventeen years ago. Whew, seventeen years. And ago. And I don't think I've had them since either. I can't buy them for myself. Mm. Uh, it, it to me, there's a novelty of it. That's, that can only be associated with camp, and I, I just don't want to even tarnish that. I don't want to go near it, call it nostalgia. I respect I don't that. Know, I respect but, that. Yeah. You know, like I said, I'm not a serial guy to begin with. I'm not a dairy guy to begin with. So, yeah. like, I'm just not going to seek these things out necessarily myself. Yeah. But I mean, listen, I went to a kosher sleepaway camp, and I haven't had meat and milk on my table in a long time, <laughs> and I'm not Jewish. So I respect it. We adapt to, we adapt to our surroundings. I respect it. Yeah, uh, I, I. These are formative years that yeah. we're talking about. Are you kidding me? And formative experiences. I mean, sheesh! I did my, in my entire length of going through puberty at summer camp. Thank goodness I was there. Whew. That was a big deal. But I respect the Golden Grams. Respect. You know, for me that was number two. Fruity Pebbles was number one. Here, here was the thing. Breakfast was Fruity Pebbles or Golden Grams. My mom was. My mom worked six days a week, and my dad was working from four in the morning to three. So he was gone before breakfast was there. So what I used to get. You know, the classic mini muffins in the pouch. You used to Heck get those yeah. muffins. Heck chocolate chip, yeah. I used to get that. I used to come home on the school bus by myself. I was a latchkey kid. So I had keys. I would go up by myself. I was probably 9 or 10 years old. I'd whip out the toaster oven. And I'd break out one of two things. It was either bagel bites, which were 1B. Or I'd whip out that plastic pouch of pizza rolls. Mm. And there'd be 40 in there. And you're supposed to portion off 20 and 20. I used to cook all 40, and for me, that was lunch because I didn't have breakfast. I, I, I was a mini muffin kid. What did I know any better? Tony from the Bronx grew up on quarter water, mini muffins, pizza rolls, bagel bites, fruity pebbles, and graham crackers. And look at me today. I feel wow. like I've done all right. And shout out to my mom. I mean, really, I, I, I don't ever question any move you made. I might go with the Annie's, you know, those go, the, uh, the, the goldfish that they have, they're more Annie's healthy. Bunnies. The bunnies, bunnies, yeah, the bunnies, yes. excuse Cheddar me, the bunnies. bunnies. I might go with those. I know she tried to push me, but she also tried to change my name from Tony to Tucker or Hunter. You know, you go through a phase. Terry went through a phase. And what can I say? It was much thanks to what I was consuming at that time. But Golden Grams, man. Golden yeah. Grams. But, you know, getting back to this whole, you know, sprinkled donut crunch, if I have to rate it, 
I would say out of 10. Yeah. It gets a 7.5 for me. All right. It gets a 7.5. And I, I think I'm being generous because... I it, think you're being generous. It, it makes I'm, me I'm not, reminisce. I'm not buying that. It, no, it makes me I'm reminisce about Crunchberries. That's fine. But so so the question then for me to you sure. is is if Crunchberries and Sprinkled Donuts are yeah. next to each other on a shelf... Crunchberries, you don't have to finish your statement. So then the answer is these are getting a zero. Sorry, guys. It's a thumbs down. <laughs> we tried it. Womp, womp, they want womp. to sell your kids on this. Don't let them sell you on this garbage. Instead, buy your kids Crunchberries. Can I just, can I just finish with this? Please. On the back, it says, Try our family of great flavors. Please read these to us. It has the original Captain Crunch... Those are without berries. Classic. I, they're great. Then, of course, you have the box of Crunch Berries, which has the original Captain Crunch with the ridges, yeah. but also the berries. You then have Peanut Butter Crunch. Now, Peanut Butter That's happens. my favorite. Peanut Butter is my favorite. Peanut Butter Crunch is my favorite. See, That's I've been, my favorite I don't think I've ever had Peanut Butter Crunch. I've had That's the Reese's my favorite one and all that stuff. The combo I love is chocolate peanut butter. Like that haagen chocolate peanut butter ice cream, I can eat pints and pints of that. Wow. I love the combination of chocolate and peanut butter. Wow. But... Let me just finish with this last one. They have an oops all berries box. That's right. That's the that's Which the I've seen before. Box. Right. But I forgot about it. So when right. I tried the donut style crunch berries, right. the sprinkles reminded me of the all berries. If you're an all berry fan and you don't care so much about the oats and you know the ridges that are there, you go with the oops all berries you box. You go with that. So this is this is sorry guys, this is a thumbs down from the Dull Cran boys. On uh, the sprinkled donut crunch, Julian, you have to try. No it. good. Try we're it. we're definitely making Julian try all this garbage. Yeah, last absolutely. week, last week he absolutely hated what I forced him to eat. Uh, so we'll see what Can't he thinks wait to about, hear about these. This. Um, but we were talking before the break about um really the loss of childhood, yeah. which obviously is a a big topic, sure. and we can't necessarily tackle all the angles of that one tonight. Um, but one realm that we were really talking about it was in this this idea of like you know uh, entrepreneurship and really prima donnaism and uh, this idea of children you know working at projects that are much bigger than themselves um, too soon. Sure. Uh, so going into this, I want to uh, I want to read to Tony now, uh, and before I do. Um, the thing that brought me to this topic, I found this article, but beforehand, um, I was doing a quick job search uh, on a uh, bulletin board, actually. You'll, you'll be familiar with this because we're both Bank Street Boys, too. Oh, yeah. As well as Dull Boys, way. we're Bank Street Boys. Um, so I was on the Bank Street job server, and there was a posting for a job uh, starting in 2018, 2019. Okay. Uh, new school. Yeah. Sounds interesting already. Love they the want to get a lot of people. Yeah. You know, they've got eight positions open. Oh, it's yeah. very interesting. Definitely something I could get behind. Sure. Um, they're going to take from Reggio style, Montessori style. You know, they're going to take from all the good, yeah. all the progressive pedagogies sure. out there, you know, which also has you kind of wondering because, you know, the person that wrote this sounds like they're, you know, basically writing it from like a, a resume book or something yeah. like how to write a job posting. It's kind of like watching sounds... my mom cook spaghetti and she throws it against the wall to see if it sticks. And if it sticks, then it means it's ready. That's when right. When you watch my Nana and she knows exactly when it's ready. All right. Yeah, I get right. it. I understand. So yeah, yeah, they're throwing everything at the wall and yeah, hoping that it sticks, sticks with yeah. some people and it'll, and it'll maybe stick with everybody. Yeah. But so they're clearly trying to cast a big net. Yeah. And, and so I read further on and I, I, I start to realize 
who this school is run by. So we've talked on this podcast earlier, I believe, about like the idea of charter schools and that lots of them are backed by big names, sure, right? big entrepreneurs yep. Yep. and big money people. Um, so this happened to be a school that's going to be opening up uh, first time in New York City in twenty eight fall of 2018 by the company WeWork. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. it's called We Grow. You see all of their offices and workshops that are all over the I place have. on second floors, third floor lofts and stuff. Have you yeah. ever been in a WeWork? You know, there's – so I live in the whole Murray Hill, Kipps Bay, Gramercy yeah. area. And there's one I know for sure like near 30th and I want to say Madison or 5th. And I've never been. I've had a friend that definitely um, has used the space. And, you know, neutral response. It's a space. It's a workspace. It does the job. Yep. Very progressive Very progressive in a sense where there are a lot of desks that you can stand and work at. Definitely. Um, and very much we've heard so much about education where kids who have difficulty being able to sit, remain still, who need the movement aspects of learning, they're able to stand and work at their space it sounded similar to what adults could do at this space. Yeah. So I, I, I've been at a WeWork before. I've never rented a space myself, but I know friends who have rented spaces from WeWork. So I've been there on their account, visiting their offices and is and all is and also, and also, also their general spaces. And I think that's really the thing that they sell themselves on, right? Is this like almost college atmosphere of like, Hey, we've got draft on tap and we've got, you know, coffee on tap and it's all free and, you know, we've got ping pong or foosball or whatever you want and sure. whatever. It's so I've Google Junior. It's totally Google Modeling Junior. So I've yeah. right. So I've been there on occasion to visit friends, to uh kill time. You know, they let me like get a draft beer and sure. sit in, you know, one of their booths. It's like a pub style booth. Yeah. And it's kinda like, yeah, what what is going on here? Um and there's all these like, you know, communal conference rooms that you can rent and my understanding is that the rent on those is both difficult and costly sure. and that that's sort of where the you know cost benefits analysis comes in um but so we're not here to discuss we work no no we're here to discuss we grow so i'm now going to read from an article on uh curbed okay i have not read this yet this is from curb.com and it's called WeWork is opening an elementary school called We Grow. This is a recent article within the last few months, no? Uh, it, its byline says November 6, okay. 2017. Yeah, so relatively recent. Probably right? around the time that I was actually searching this, uh, this job. Looks comfortable. Uh, it says the initiative We Grow will focus on, quote, conscious entrepreneurship. The pilot program has its current roster of seven five- to eight-year-olds, including one child of WeWork founders Adam and Rebecca Newman, spending one day at the Newman 60-acre farm for, quote, hands-on learning, and the rest in a classroom getting lessons in business from WeWork employees and clients. So I'm going to stop right there. Yeah. So their current pilot program, this is before they open an actual sure. school, is seven students one of which is the owner's kid. Yep. So owner's kid and six students spending one day a week on a farm and four days a week learning from business people and sure. clients. Sure. I mean, we, here's, here's the thing. Real yeah. quick, my first intake on this one was that I have a friend who works at Manhattan Country School. Now, their premise, they use, they have land, and they use land that's farmland within the net, I would say within two hours away as part of their curriculum that's part of the year the scope of social studies 
and that's their belief. So it sounds like we grow is right. looking around New York City, right. looking around what education is like in this city, private schools, independent schools, public schools, taking the small numbers, of course, starting. You don't want to start with big numbers. And trying to create the best of both worlds situation where the hands-on, that kinesthetic, tactile experience of learning country life and learning what city life might be like the rest of your days in school would be valuable. Now, I say that having had conversations with this fifth grade teacher many times, and I've had mixed feedback on sure. the importance of what it is to bring a group of New York City kids out of their comfort zone in the city and bring them to a farmland. And that's mixed and feedback. And they're fifth grade, by the and way. And that's their fifth grade, and, and, and we're also talking about a very well-established private institution in New York City. And they've been, been going to the farm decades. for years. Yep. They've been going to the farm yep. for years, yep. 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 right? We know other schools Absolutely. that have nature centers in connecticut yes. that they're in partnership yes. with absolutely or you know stuff in central park like sure. absolutely we believe that having outdoor experiences yes. in this way can have a value yeah. but also we're going to recognize that this is six students basically yeah. one day a week on somebody's personal farmland it's kind of we don't know what the fuck they're getting yeah, there chaperones yeah. kind of taking them on a trip is what so it like, like but... this pilot project sounds idiotic like i don't yeah. know what they're trying to prove with what they're doing this year so far, but it sounds like it can't be that effective at whatever they're Listen, getting. And then whatever whatever classroom time they're having, they're with WeWork clients yeah. and business people. Uh, like it, these are fifth put, and eighth. These are f five and eight year olds. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. There. Sorry, they need reading. Oh, yeah. They need math. They need social they social need like yeah, integration. Absolutely. This is not babysitting. I'm gonna go there. Go there. It sounds like they're doing it for the gram. Yeah. And you know what I mean by that? I yeah. mean, it's about being WeWork. Right. And making them more than just WeWork. Right. We're now WeWork, but we also are WeGrow. So I want to, so making it for the gram is important going forward. I'm going to read the rest of the article please, now. Please. So please. that we can really understand yeah. what you mean in that way. Quote. In my book, there is no reason why children in elementary schools can't be launching their own businesses, Rebecca Newman tells Bloomberg. The Newmans envision launching We Grow schools around the world starting with one slated to open next fall. It would accommodate about 65 students ranging from kindergarten to fifth grade and would be built right in WeWork's Chelsea headquarters and accessed through a separate entrance. As for the space... Have a look at the renderings from Bjark Ingeles Group, the prolific Danish firm we work has enlisted for the project. By the way, when you say prolific Danish group, I'm already thinking about uh, from uh, How I Met Your Mother. The I think it's the <laughs> Swedes who envision a building that yeah. looks like Mecha Godzilla or something and like breathes fire. Yeah. Like, come on. Uh, the last paragraph reads... WeGrow is just one of the company's brand extensions. Last month, WeWork opened its first wellness gym called mm. Rise by We and featured a Roman-inspired salt bath. Oof. And don't forget about We Live, the, the co-living arm of the business. The company has also just scooped up Lord & Taylor's landmark Fifth Avenue flagship headquarters for uh, where the WeGrow school will reportedly relocate in 2019. Woo! So they're, they're not only planning to open next year, they're planning to relocate the year after 
And they think all of this is going to make any sense and make parents and teachers yeah. happy. Doing it for the gram. I mean, based on the pictures that we're looking at from the Inglis group, they're definitely doing it for the gram. I can tell you now. These don't even look like classrooms. No, are you kidding me? You can get bottle service with the sparklers coming out. This is like... And uh, also, the idea the idea of opening in a WeWork headquarters already yeah. sounds like they're, they're just wanting to parade these children around at like 1230. Yeah. Take pictures, you know, with whoever, whatever clients or businesses are around. Of course. And... This idea of entrepreneurship at the in elementary school, Rebecca yeah. Newman, who has children of her own, I'm wondering, what is your philosophy? You want your children working? I was told as a child, put off working Absolutely. as long as you can. Absolutely. Because once you start working, you will never stop working. And let me tell you, folks, I am fucking a addicted to work of course if i have even a two-week break yeah i am fucking crazy, scratching right? my crazy. skin of course i am having fucking work withdrawal i set alarms yeah. even on holidays because i don't know what to stay do with myself of course but here's the thing and let's be honest we speak to parents all the time nine times out of ten we talk about never over scheduling your child we want your child to be able to socialize play and grow live the life of a child at five six seven eight nine years old especially in a city like new york where your surrounding such area such a pitfall makes you grow and be older i mean we have kids who are social emotionally the grade level we teach but at the same time they can also be two to three grade levels above because besides the older siblings they're seeing stuff whether they're taking the ubers or the taxis. Some might dwindle down to the lowly yellow taxis and see what's on the TV that's there. They're watching the movies. They have the team of nannies. And there's a lot of stuff that's forcing them to grow up faster. And my take on this, I have that, I don't know what you might call it, but it's that protectiveness of a child that I don't currently teach, but seeing that they're the guinea pig to a project that's about to unfold just seems like, I don't know, not fair to them. You want to do all the other we works, we grows, we do this, that's fine. But don't subject children to your project that has nothing to do with the actual educational fundamentals that we need to instill in children, especially in the year 2018. There's a high school in New York City. It's a high school that I'm familiar with, and I know you will sure. be too, uh, Tony. Sure. Um, and it's a high school that I didn't get an opportunity to go to it's often considered the the fallback to a traditional high school. Okay. Okay, because the idea is like there's something almost vocational about it, but it's sure. not a vocational high school. It's sure. called City As. Okay. And the premise of City As is that it's the city as a classroom. Sure. And so students at City As High School, yep. they do classes at the school, but then they also do internships outside of the school. They're getting real life experience. Life they're getting life skills. Mm. They're getting things that are comfortable that. and and applicable. Sure. You know, in the next years, whether they go to college or not. Yeah. Okay. And that makes all the fucking sense in the world. Tonight. Absolutely. That doesn't make sense for a middle school. No. It no, no. doesn't make sense for an elementary school. No, developmentally, they're not ready for that. But let's be real. It, it barely makes sense for middle schoolers to be going out to lunch every of day. Of course, especially males. It's terrifying. Yeah. But think about this, and I, I'm curious on 
whether you've heard this or not from your own friends, but growing up, now being around some 28 to 32 year olds, I will often hear, wow, I wish some math classes that I had in high school and even early college levels taught me more about life skills when it comes to balancing checkbooks, paying bills, some dealing with interest rates and loans. They had to learn that the hard way if mom and dad didn't teach them that. Now, yeah. Personally, I was just gifted with one of those loan books where you have all the interest rates and yeah. what your payments or monthly payments would be. That's my mom's Bible. I remember seeing that, Gabe, as a 10-year-old boy. It's as beat up. It used to be forest green. Now it's almost like lime green-esque because it's so aged and old. It's almost, you know, it, it's antiqued. And that was my mom's Bible. Well-loved, we call it. Are you kidding trade. me? Oh, absolutely. Well-loved. Well-loved. And, you know, the receipts with the notes that are in there about all the potential houses that they were going to buy with all the monthly payments, all that stuff was in there. And she said, chuck it, chuck it. You don't need to throw it away. And I looked, I said, no, that's probably the most important piece. Right. Because it's the process. It was the steps that it took my mom and my dad to get to the point of what it meant to actually purchase something of value that has return, that's ownership, that's important. Right. That personally, and I went to a private school, a great New York City private school, and I went to a very good private school in Pennsylvania for college. I wasn't, I wasn't taught those life skills. So when I hear you telling me about this school or this program that wants to create a school, mm -hmm. bringing a children, seven children, right. to a farm for one day, right. and then bringing them back to a workspace and saying that, yeah, maybe we can throw them on Shark Tank and they can create something at five and six. Sorry, but that doesn't really cut it for me. Because really there's a point where you're five, where you just need to be five. And, you know, it's, it's super funny, too, because you and I are both sports fanatics i'll go as far Absolutely. to say yeah. right we both love sports yep. and we've both reached that awful awful stage in life where we are now older than our whoa sports whoa idols. whoa speak for yourself okay i'm gonna speak for myself uh, i'll be 32 in july I'm newly old. newly I'm 30 over here i'm well past it's my peak really tough to know that i'm older than you might still get a two three year Odell deal from Beckham teams. jr yeah it's true i would i would be on those one year deals proving myself yeah uh, you you got point guard you got point guard material at the yeah, garden. You could have done it. I'm a Jared, you, I'm a Jared Jack right now. I remember during the Jordan Hill era, I uh, believe they were calling for like open calls and you would have still been 26 around that time maybe. That, I was I was channeling my inner god sham god. Mm -hmm. I don't you remember him but he had the handle. <laughs> he would do, you know, the figure 8 and the dribble the, the spider, eight. the spider. Oh, I do remember the figure yeah, 8. I used I to do that, you know. Of course, but uh yeah, so please get back to what you were but, saying. But so what I was going to say was that we are almost constantly lamenting, sports fans, sports analysts, yeah. and, and people in the sports world, constantly lamenting that these players, when they are drafted into leagues, are still children. They're still boys, right? Are you kidding me? Look at, they, look at the Knicks. They drafted Frank, they who's 19 years old. They don't have Ooh. any life experience, no. and yet they're given, they're given this money, yeah. and they're given this brand, and they're sort of expected to know what to do, and they have no idea. And it's because there has been, to me, there has been something lost. Because they knew, they knew at, you know, 12 and 16 what they were going to become. Absolutely. Right? And, it, you know, Absolutely. especially if we're talking, I know it's easy to do it about, about basketball and football, but even better if we talk about baseball. Sure. Where, where 
children of baseball aren't even going to high school. No. They are literally going from their middle school basically into a farm system. Yeah. And they're living on their own with like a, a foster family. Absolutely. They're not being given the same care that their parents would give them, the yep. same advice, the same guidance. And then they're expected to receive these monster contracts and act like adults and human beings. Let me tell you something. Where the fuck is Gilbert Arenas right now? Woo! Where the fuck is Gilbert Arenas? Not to drop bombs on no, one listen, man, I, but I like... You. I hear you. I hear you. These, these are people who, I, I who don't have the skills no. to know what to do with the sudden fame of and course. success that they get. So why should we ever put elementary schools... And they're, they are in 18, 19, 20, 21 when this happens. Uh, why should we ever put five, six, seven, eight-year-olds in that same position? Rebecca Newman, get your fucking head out of your ass. I agree. I mean, I would love to meet Miss Newman and just hear... Her, give her two cents about why she feels she's qualified enough to be able to lead seven to eight children, one of her own, of course, or a part of it, into an educational school year and think that that's okay. I, I just, I'm sorry. I, I just, I don't know. I mean, do I think that it would still be a valuable year for them? Sure, I do. I think that they would socialize and experience, listen, any life experience, in my opinion, is valuable. However, at what cost? And I believe, like we just said earlier, there are those fundamentals. At 7, 8, you're talking, let's see, what, second graders? Mm-hmm. Yep. They're coming off of reading, writing, and math. Some children who have had extreme difficulty learning how to read have begun to solidify and become more or less fluid readers but they're not yet there with the comprehension pieces they're still working out developmentally they're still working on vowel sounds right they're still working on the blends they're still working on the idea of multiplication and what that means how how easy would you say it is to pick up uh early english for children i mean no English has to be the absolute fucking worst language you can possibly learn uh, as yeah. a child. Absolutely. Reading and writing. 100%. Yeah. Yes. I mean, so, we, also, we also tutor kids on the side. Yeah. And these are kids who have been exposed to the same things that we previously taught them that they've been previously taught before that. And they still get to solidify it. So children, children who are now spending, you know, six hours a day in school uh, and then, you know, however many hours in after school activities or tutoring – you know, are now going to be working on also entrepreneurial projects on the side. <laughs> I mean, what's their bedtime? What what the fuck are we talking about here? I I mean, can I just ask you a simple question? Anything. You you are far smarter than I am, and that's why I admire you. I, well, I, I, I don't I, know. I, I was always told by my mother. I don't know. You haven't taken your wonder look. Yet, I have Anthony. I'll get there. I'll get. You'll there. get there, Tony. Uh, I'm anticipating a 27, somewhere between <laughs> you and Julian. <laughs> Uh, my point, though, is that I've always been told to surround myself around those who are smarter, better, stronger than me. And I never view myself as a lesser, but we all have our strengths and we all have our areas that we need to work on. Yep. What kind of projects do you think this age group in this element is capable of producing? That's what, that's what I want to know. Here's that's what, With the exposure of one day a week, farmland and four days a week in 
rework what's gonna happen here's what i would say and i know that you'll agree with me on this whatever projects they come up with are perfect for whatever they are up to right for whatever age they are whatever projects they come up with that is exactly the right project for you and there is by no means any reason that we should be market testing nope. these nope. things, no judgments that they should go no. through any kind of critique process, self-imposed pressure, no. expectations, right? I believe in the project-based approach to learning, right? I do believe that, you know, eighth, eighth, eight-year-olds can, can be designing their own year-end projects, yes. you know, that fall in line with either, you know, state standards, you know, for social studies sure. or science or math or whatever. I do think that year-long projects make sense. I think that they should absolutely have agency over their learning because yes. when you have agency, when you're an autodidact, you take pleasure in it, you take interest in it, and you're going to get the best results. But absolutely should they not put that shit on Instagram. That shit should not be on the gram. Don't have a Facebook account. Don't be boosting posts. Don't fucking be on shark tank but how does we grow dog grow and be recognized dog dog i know you've 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 talked about you've talked about sharing with yes. your students yeah. the uh the cupcake wars or oh, you know the, the the cooking challenges we brought back the marshmallows and that's due to the fact that we've watched the marshmallow wars, challenge yeah. we love the marshmallow yeah. challenge oh, here. Yeah. uh the first time the first time my wife and i uh watched chop jr Okay. And we're big fans of Chopped. So I've had a former student on Chopped Jr. who won. I, are, I love Chopped Jr. We are big fans of Chopped. Yep. We are big fans of children. We Absolutely. both work with children. Yeah. When we saw the prospect of Chopped Jr., we thought, this is amazing. Yeah. Kids love this. This is going to be so great. We started watching it, and immediately we were horrified. Yeah, it's scary. We were horrified. It's really scary. Because they were actually judging these children uh, and actually yeah. holding them to the exact standards. same standards. Yeah. That they hold adults to, of course. And we both is. looked at each other. And they we just said, said it a little bit more delicately. And we said, and we said, this is fucking bananas. Of course, there is no reason that they should have the exact same qualifications. I'm sorry. In in a fucking age where we have where we have the uh, the the men's three point line at one area and the women's three point line oh, yeah. at another area, yeah. we're not gonna like, have like children's. Yeah. And we're not gonna have children's yeah. rules. Yeah. I like, listen, I I'm sorry. What is going on It's here? about presentation and not enough paprika. It's sad, but it's true. And you watch the reaction. Go easy on that truffle oil, kids. <laughs> Forget that or that vanilla extract, man. You Get out of here. But here's the thing. You're right. You're right. And I think that you as an educator and myself, we're sensitive to watching something like that. But most viewers will not be if they're not in the field because these are kids who have the passion to cook and they want to be the best they can be and so sometimes it takes a professional like the judges that are there who own incredible restaurants in New York City who've gotten the awards that they get yeah and to be able to get some sort of positive criticism or as we say constructive criticism sure it's more valuable than actually winning the $10,000 and that apron they get. It's fucking horrible. I mean, I, and I'm not, I don't want to stand up here and be the judge of all things children on television because sure. that's that's not what I I'm agree. getting out to what, be. What, you don't like Friday Night Tights? 
I love Friday Night Tikes. You know that. That is a, a fabulous show that uh, uh, Tony and I love. Uh, Tony put me on to. But no, I, like, for example, for example, now, I'm not exactly familiar with this show, but um, what is it? Like, uh, Dance Moms or something? Like, I can't even watch a single No, now, we it. can't watch Dance Moms, right? I've never seen it. I but know my, exactly what But you know what we're talking about. And my understanding of Dance Moms is that the moms are the stars, Oh, and the children, the yeah. it's about the moms. Yeah, and the children are scenery. Okay, they they're they're integral, right? They're I love important. that you brought this up. But there's scenery. I love it. Yeah. But to, so to me, the 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 interesting point there is like when it comes to Chopped, what what hurts for me is that the children are being personally judged. Yeah. And that hurts. And you're never ever gonna be take never gonna be able to take that trauma sure. away from them. Whatever trauma they experience. I agree. And it's fair. Whatever they experience is their experience and we can't take it yes. away from them. With something like dance moms, it's like, well, the moms are clearly the the protagonists yes. here. Yes. It's about them. The children we know are gonna go through this experience because that's what their moms are forcing yes. them to. Absolutely. And they're also gonna have successes later on too. That you can't necessarily have on something like Chop Junior. Sure. You can't come back. Sure. But on Dance Moms, they're gonna have other dance trials, other whatever. I agree. So Yeah, it, it's tough. I mean, listen, I'm gonna throw this out there go. for you, for me, for the listeners. Are you about the good effort award? And what I mean by that is Fuck you. You finish first, I finish second, I still get a trophy. Fuck you. And the reason why I bring that up, I'm asking this question. I, I know you are. I don't feel one way or the other, but what I'm getting at is that I was ready to get these, there. I'm these, just glad you these, took me to these, it. These chopped contestants who are nine, ten, eleven years old, they sign up with their families, with the support of their families, knowing that there is a winner at the end. My yeah. And there's and there, there's a great chance that they could be the one that's booted off in the first round and not even make it to the entrees. Yep. And my issue, my issue Please, here. Please, I want to hear this. Because I don't, yeah. I, I, I don't know where I bet. feel on this one. Because my issue here isn't with the families, right? Okay. Because families are dumb. So you're about right? the judgments of being. My issue is not with the families because families are dumb, yeah. right? It's they don't like, know any better. It's like this yeah. is the, the classic quote is. People are dumb. Yeah. A person is smart. smart. Yeah, of course. Right? So families are dumb. They're going to sign their kids up for whatever the fuck they can sign their kids oh, up for. Of course. For, right? Yeah. And if their kid loves cooking and they think, hey, there's some fucking money in this. Maybe I have the next Britney Spears on my hands. I'm going to sign them up. They're going to sign gonna them up. They're going to run with it. They're going to run yeah, with it. Yeah, they're going to fucking hit fucking Billy Joe is going to sign his kid up. Even if his kid is, you know, a little flamboyant and Those he's going to out there. Squash. Yeah. Squash is the way to go for scholarship. Squash. <laughs> go ahead. Yo, they always make they always make fucking ceviche in the intros. Yeah. I don't know why yeah. they do that. And like fucking scallops. It's always about scallops. But anyway, so families and kids are gonna sign themselves up for whatever dumbass thing they can sign themselves up yeah. for. Same thing with beauty pageants. That's why they exist, right? Because yes. people are gonna sign them up for them. My issue isn't with the families. Families aren't doing anything wrong. They're acting within their means. Sure. My issue isn't with the kids. The kids are doing what they want to do. They think this is what they want. My issue is with the show itself. Okay. Right? So you have a show like American Idol. Yeah. American Idol had an age limit. Yeah. Of course he did. I don't well, know what it was. The guy that was 16 famous or 18. Pants on the ground. Pants, pants on, the on the ground. ground. He yeah. was above the he age limit. He was over the age limit. But they let him in because... Don't do that. 
He they let him in so because he was, he was so brilliant. Dude, right. pants on the ground. I just played that to my friends in Texas. Pants on the ground. They were great. He's great. He made for great TV. Viewers loved him. Yeah, but also... Would you say the same thing for Chopped? But at, the same, but at the same time, he's a gateway drug, right? Because the whole point is they had an age limit for a certain reason, oh, right? Yeah, of and, course. And, and what, what something like X Factor does, yeah. or America's Got Talent, or any of these new fucking shows, is they let nine-year-olds on. They let six-year-olds on. Yeah. I, don't, I see these girls on there. They're singing their hearts out. Yankee Doodle. I don't know what they're yep. fucking singing. They're all on Facebook. And it's like you're setting them up for complete disappointment. And it's not their fault. I of am never going to blame them. Child. And you should no. never blame them or their no. fucking parents who are no. just trying to get rich off their kid. You never blame the kid. Fucking as Jesus of one of my yeah. favorite podcasts, yeah. Bodega Boys, says yeah. – he hopes every child is his lottery ticket. Sure. Every parent wants yeah, this kid to be on a fucking show on Chopped and make money for their scholarship or whatever. So you don't blame the parents. No. I blame the show for instigating this. Uh, all right. Because they didn't have to do it. They never had... To, nobody fucking held a gun to their head and said, you have to let children on. Okay. And that's absolutely fucking embarrassing. And you're right, right? But think about the network. We're talking about... Food Network here. It's the only show, really, besides... What, what are your thoughts on the kids baking? There are winners and losers. They're judging kids based off of their presentation. I watched an episode yesterday. They had to combine a cookie and a cake and put it together and make a cookie cake. I, this one kid, I, I kid you not, his cake was a disaster. A disaster. It fell apart. It was, it was the ugliest looking cake I've ever seen in my life. He wasn't voted off. I haven't. I have. Okay. I haven't watched the kids baking challenge. Now, what I will say about this is, with the kids baking challenge, it's Duff Goldman and Val- Valerie Bertinelli. Just to give you okay. Val- I love Valerie Bertinelli. Yeah, Valerie's good. She my, loves lemons. My so. my expectation would be one: the kids know how to bake. Yes. So baking is key, and they know sure. how to do it. And also that they probably have a certain amount of familiarity with any ingredient they're going to be given. Okay, and whereas Chopped, you're saying whereas this mystery chopped, basket, they're being tossed stuff that they don't know what to do. And with. that's one of the big issues for me. Like cutting that, up a boar or some stuff? That's yeah. one of the big issues okay. for me, is that on Chopped, now on regular Chopped, they give them four mystery ingredients. They have to use all four of sure, them. Sure, They can cook them however they want. They have to make an entree, uh, sorry, an appetizer, an entree, and a dessert. Yeah. And for me, why hold kids to the same standard? Give them three mystery ingredients. Don't give them things they won't fucking know. I have never watched an episode of Chop Jr. where a kid hasn't looked at the camera and gone, I don't know what this is. I don't know whether it's a meat or a starch or a fucking vegetable. And that's not okay. I I hear you. You can't put kids under that kind of stress and expect any kind of result except for tears and trauma and like... Come Listen, the fuck on. I, I, it's so so for me. Part of it isn't even about the judging, because like you said, they're gonna they're gonna mollycoddle the judging. Yeah. They're gonna be nice about the judging, and but afterwards, still judgment afterwards passed, they though. get there is judgment passed. But afterwards, they're gonna get a pat on the back. They're gonna yeah. get a signed signature, and they're yeah, gonna be fine. Stuff, but for yeah. me, what's harder is that they lost in the first round because they didn't know three of the ingredients, yeah. and that's fucked up. And that takeaway and might the be that they now no longer interested in cooking. I've seen I've seen fucking regular chopped where. Adults don't know the ingredients. Of course. So don't do that. Like, if, if that's already the expectation is we're trying to fool adults, 
don't fucking do that onto children. So what Come is it? On. What is the premise of Chopped? Then is it to give you a mod podge of ingredients and to make the best tasting shit you can make? I'm glad you asked that because my wife and I have played Chopped. We love it so much. I, I we listen, like doing it at home ourselves. My fiance has a great double date idea where we invite a couple over and we each get a mystery basket that's different. Oh my god! Then each other's baskets and we have to cook something and it becomes a potluck this is very this is a very yeah. this is a very good topic then so my wife and i have played chop from time to time sure the premise is you get each other mystery ingredients yeah. and well, at least in our version but it's the same as on the show sure. it's four mystery ingredients okay. that you have to use okay now you can make whatever you want out of them and you can use anything else in the kitchen sure so anything else in the pantry that's available to you now the other four the four ingredients in the mystery basket have to be featured. They yeah, don't have absolutely. to be. They yeah. don't have to be the the basis. They but don't they have to have, be the most yeah, prominent, yeah. but they have to they be have featured to be and they have to sure. be present in some way absolutely. that's recognizable. And then otherwise, you have like carte blanche to do whatever mm -hmm. you want. So, my wife has had some several successful outings in doing this, um, which I have very much enjoyed. She hasn't even liked hers so much, um, but I've eaten them up. I have had terrible outings, not because she's chosen bad ingredients or anything, but just because maybe I'm not as creative or thoughtful or I don't know what the case has been. So we now have a rule with Chopped, and I hope that you'll encourage, uh, I'll, you'll hear encourage your, all those your males fiance out there, please listen up. to use this when, uh, when you're doing your double date experience, and I hope we're invited, which is pasta has to be the backup. Like there is a pot. So you need that starch. There's well, there's a pot of spaghetti carb. going in the background. Just as that, backup. just in case, because I have made completely inedible meals for my wife mm. through this chopped experience. Now, mind you, again, partly she's to blame. Sure. If you buy me jalapenos and shrimp Woo, and Jordan it. almonds, oh yeah, I'm gonna try to make. Jordan almond candy shrimp, yeah, right? Crusted, yeah, of course. Stuffed yeah, into jalapenos. Yeah. Bravo! I respect that. Bro. I respect it too. Yeah. yeah. She, I didn't even think she could breathe it, it in without sneezing and coughing and getting red in the eyes, and so the rule became, for that reason, the rule became we have to have a backup of spaghetti going. I mean, so in I fact, love it. in fact, for the next one, she had gotten me a, a can of clams. Yep. Okay. And I can't remember what the fuck else was involved, but the idea was, I was like, okay, so I know I'm going to have to make spaghetti anyway. I'm going to turn these clams into a clam sauce, a clam gravy, oh, if you will, hey, Tony, Tony from the Bronx, because it's out there. Smart motherfucker. <laughs> not, not to veer us off any more than we already gotten. I love this topic, but my last question about it is, is there drinking involved with all this cooking or do you stay away from the drinking as you're prepping the meals? Well, we're we're a, a beer family mm -hmm. in nature, right? So, um, and you've you've definitely brewed your own in the past, and we have brewed our yeah, own in the yeah. past. Uh, so beer, beer is involved. Uh, but what I would say on that topic is it's you know it's a it's a social drinking, and I I you know we we try to hold as much as we can to the the premise of Chopped, which is you know fast thinking. Yes, right. It's not about like. Finding out the ingredients and then taking three hours no. to prepare you, and look up recipes. You have minimal time to run with this. Right. Yeah. The idea is my wife has presented me with four ingredients. I love it. One, oh, one of them was uh, one of them that I had to use was uh, chocolate syrup. 
extra extra special dark during an entree. Hershey's chocolate syrup during an entree. Do you make a mole? Like what's happening here? So Sheesh. I think I think I had worked that into a mole for the uh, for the uh, Jordan almond crusted uh, shrimp. Sirla Tob, move over. We have cooking classes here. <laughs> Jalapenos. Inwood, uh, check that us were out. Still somehow inedible. I love it. Um. But yeah, so there is drinking involved, but uh, again, there's there's a speed to it, yeah. and uh, it's it's really about the the cooking and, and community experience. Sure, so I, I love that your fiance is into this. Oh, with this the, is a big this is a big moment for us. But to those listeners, and the challenge aspect, well, the is challenge bold that's the competitive her. piece. But she's very competitive. But here's the thing: going As back to what we were talking about, you know. This is clearly why you feel so strongly about these children being judged. Because here you are cooking up some dark chocolate shrimp with fucking Jordan almonds and some chocolate sauce. And it became inedible. How, yeah. did, you, how did you feel when it was inedible? Honestly, did you, did you feel like, well, you, you dealt me a shit hand here. What did you expect me to play? I'm fucking bluffing here. I have a full house, I thought, but no. Or were you like, this is the hand I fold, but here is my product. I, I, that is how I felt. Yeah. I, I, I felt like, to me, with, again, in full integrity of the game. Sure. Because had I thought about it for a little bit longer, maybe I would have considered that using whole jalapenos wasn't the intention. You know, I had seeded them. I was, I was about so to say, I'll, what's the deal with the seeds happening I had seeded there? them, Woo! so I was hoping that they were less the spicy. Cut, cut the spice, yeah. Yeah. But, um, but again, I, I, I was working with speed, and so had I thought about it longer, maybe I would have come up with something where I was using less jalapeno uh, versus uh, shrimp, and of course... So it was more spice-forward. Yeah. Uh, but so, so to me, it isn't so much about, like uh, again, about being harshly judged, no. right? Because I didn't feel... Oh, you're you're hurting me. I I, I feel so hurt by this. No, like, never, never. I, it was yeah, part of the fun. I didn't in take it, it personally, right? It was the fun in it? I failed, right? But I'm an adult, and so I can recognize when I fail at a task. You and I fail constantly All the time. in our work. Listen, right? baseball, we, you fail write, seven out of ten times. That's the average. The worst. We, we but we fucking write a lesson plan. And we start teaching it. It's meant and to you fail. Can see, <laughs> it's meant to you fail. can see it failing as it goes. Of course. You're never going to look at the kids and go, I take this personally. I'm done teaching. You know, you're going you're yes. to go with it. You're going to move with but it getting back because to, you're an adult and you can do you're right, that. You're right. But getting back to what you said, you're a workhorse. Yes. And you enjoy working. Yes. Even on those two weeks off that you may have. Right. What were your thoughts after you cooked up that dish you made that you felt like you failed with because your wife has a particular palate that it didn't work for? Were you like, I'm going to go back in this kitchen at some point and try to recreate this particular dish with these ingredients? Or are you like, I would no. do this again, but just with different ingredients? Or are you like, I'm done? No. Neither. I'll be honest with you. Sure. I'll be honest with you. We played Chopped a few more times after that. Yep. We even played a uh, chopped with uh, drinks, beverage chopped. This a was bartender like a bartender chopped. Ooh. So this was something Julian came up with I, actually. Julian, props to you. Props to Julian. Julian came up with bartender chops, uh, chopped. Mm -hmm. He gave us uh, random ingredients that we had to use. He I like gave it. us liquors. I like it. It was tough. Yeah. I worked at it. It was fun. It was hit or miss, the same way chopped is. But truth be told, 
what all of this amounted to was I myself became a better cook as a result of all of these failings just in general okay. because I, I recommitted like really without, without even like conscious effort, you know, to me, these failings, they, they, they hit and they moved sure. on and whatever, sure. but I enjoy cooking. Yeah. And obviously I, I enjoy yeah. succeeding. Yes. And as you said, I enjoy working. Yeah. So what I did was I worked at cooking, right? Sure. And I, I made an effort to cook every night. To be the chef in the house, of right? Course. You know, my wife works hard. I work hard. Everybody yeah. deserves a hot meal. Of course. I use the New York Times uh, cookbook. Pick and, it up you and know, run with it. Just here's yeah. what's tonight. Here's what's I love tonight. It. I love it. And so I worked at those things, you know, and I mean, I'd say the the the, the sole judge for me is my wife's taste mm-hmm. and like her, her impression and sure. like the fact that I can, you know... I can make rice or quinoa or couscous without using a measuring cup. Of course. Or fucking, you know, make a stir fry without any kind of recipe, you know, just like spice, 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 this, that. Of course. Like, these are the judges for me. And, like, those things only came, you know, out of the failures, Right. right? So... You know, obviously, this is going to get us back to a point about yeah. failure being a learning and experience. And that's exactly my last question was going to sure. be for you. Do you feel, especially on this topic, and I feel like we've flipped the reins here, but you, you're such a passionate cook and passionate on this topic about children cooking, especially on the show Chopped. Yeah. Do you feel like then their failures on the show Chopped could be valuable at a certain point in life? Obviously, it's dependent upon personalities, but... I'm a, I'm a 30-year-old man. I'm a 30-year-old man. Okay. And my failures have been personal mm-hmm. and private. Sure. And I have grown from them. And that's enough for me, yep. right? Yep. And I have no <laughs> intention of taking my talents to South Beach or uh, or taking them to Chopped mm-hmm. and... For me, when you put a child up on the stage like that, you take that away from them, right? You take that that potential for learning away from them yep. because now there's more hurt in that it was public yep. than that it was a failure at all. And that's not fair, right? Yep. So, like, I'm, again, I'm 30 and these were private but I'm able to share them as yeah. a public failure on a podcast because you know I'm I'm able to You're see mature that enough to see both. I'm mature sides enough to it. see both sides, yes. and I'm also mature enough to admit it myself. I get a chance to share it in yes. my own way. There's agency, yeah. and there's also fucking uh, comedy and tragedy plus time. You know that's the Hell equation. Yeah. I'm sure if you pull Pauline here, she talked about some of the meals. This would be incredible talk. Holy fucking Christ. Are you kidding me? I mean, she gave me some goddamn doozies. I feel like I set her up pretty well, and she still wouldn't even eat her own meals, and I loved them. Oh, my God. This salmon taco she made, I'm not even kidding. It was to die for, but she would tell you otherwise. She's holding out on us, man. Come on. But, yeah, so I... I for me it's not it's not about their failure as children again it's sure. just about like putting them in a position that they have very little control over I respect over. it and you know we we both see eye to eye especially in topics like this and 
I see both ways. I definitely see a learning period. I just don't know if the takeaway is at that current age level for that child, but yeah. maybe years later. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Totally. But I, I, I definitely think that uh, it's a lot. It's a lot for a child to take on, especially, like you said, on television in front of how many, hundreds of thousands of viewers. How many, how many, how many, how many, how many fucking, how many intros are there to Chopped? Where the chefs are sharing a story about like being passed over by yeah. a head chef. Uh, of course. Or it's like Michael Jordan being cut from his hurt. high school basketball it's like Michael team. Jordan, yeah. right. Or like how many shows are there, you know, starring like, uh, you know, fucking Edgerton or something. Sure. Uh, Aaron Eckhart, yeah. you know, about like being a, a chef who got drunk and did this and of whatever. Course. And like now he's a loser yeah. and, you know, he's got to make his way back. This is the model. Of course right? it is. Don't make that the model for six-year-olds, you well, fucking the, the assholes. Is, you have kids. I like hockey. I like theater. I like Pokemon Go. I also happen to like to cook. Mom's meatloaf is the best. It doesn't mean that but they then, should be forced into cooking. It's of bullshit. Course. But that's also the path that they're, they're taking. They're choosing to take. Not all children enjoy cooking. So how about those that enjoy the cooking, but then their dreams are shattered when Mark Murphy goes, yeah, that's not for me, dog. <laughs> that was a perfect Mark Murphy impression. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought twice, that up. So that's why. <laughs> Tony from the Bronx met Mark Murphy twice. So listen, that's going to do it for us uh, this week on Dullcrans. We hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, Tony, anything you'd like to plug before we head out? Uh, I can't wait for the next podcast. And, you know, Julian, like I said, man, I can't replace you, but I, I can't wait to be able to hear what's up for the next snack report. Because this, this, these sprinkled donuts that you have to try, Woo! good luck to you. Wash it down some dew. Fabulous. Wash it down with some dew. Uh, so again, thank you for listening as always. And uh, if you have any comments or any experience with Chopped, Chopped Jr., or the WeWork uh, experience, uh, please send it in to us at dullcrans at gmail.com. Write us a review on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, and SoundCloud, and uh, we'll see you in the Cran Box next time. 2018, baby. Let's do it. Thank you, guys. Bye. <laughs>